Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Just Back From LA edition of Telling Everybody Everything. If you follow me on social media, perhaps you know that I was invited to perform my brand new show, Misses, that I'm touring all around the UK and some of Europe. I was invited to do it in Los Angeles at the Netflix Is A Joke Festival. This is a biannual comedy festival that was meant to start two years ago, but the pandemic ruined everything. I think it's going to be every two years from now on. And it was absolutely huge. And it's still going on now, actually. I wish I could have stayed longer, but we didn't want to leave the kids. We left Thursday evening. We flew back Sunday evening. And what a whirlwind trip it was. I saw Tina Fey and Amy Poehler are doing a talk that I'm, of course, missing. Seinfeld's there. Dave Chappelle is there. Lots of comedians from all around the world are doing their solo shows. But there are fun group shows and table reads of famous episodes of Seinfeld. I saw London Hughes doing one of those. Listen, London Hughes is living her best life. I bumped into her and she said, oh, I was out last night till 4.15 at a Dave Chappelle party. And I said, yes, London, I saw that on social media. I was deeply concerned. That is just not my life anymore. No disrespect to Dave Chappelle. I can't think of anything worse than being in his company or anyone's company until 4.15 in the morning. Where are his children? That's my first thought. Doesn't he have small kids? When does he sleep? He works all day. Parties all night. I saw him at a brunch Sunday. A brunch after he and London had been out till four. This is not my life anymore. And that's okay. I feel like if you are a young person who wants to have fun and party, or you're a Dave Chappelle aged person who wants to have fun and party, absolutely do it as much as you can. Because one day you wake up, and you realize your TV's Catherine Ryan, and you never want to leave the house. I don't know if the pandemic did this to me. I don't know if having another baby did this to me. I feel like I was well on my way to this before Fred was born. But I just find social interaction, especially at night, so difficult. So difficult. Bobby and I flew Virgin this time. And we were quite anxious before leaving. You know, we've never left the kids like this. When Violet was small, I took her everywhere with me. We just figured Fred would be a problem on a 12-hour flight. And we were only staying for three days. So we thought, oh, we'll never turn him around properly. He'll just be grouchy the whole time. We were grouchy the whole time. We couldn't sleep. We slept a little bit on the plane. And then when we got to L.A., basically I forgot a key part of my pump. A lot of people who are breastfeeding reach out to me and they say, is the LV pump worth it? 
The technology is really groundbreaking. I think it's so cool and liberating to know that there's this egg-shaped pump that just seamlessly fits into your bra. And you can use it in the car. You can use it on a plane. You can use it when you're tidying the kitchen. The only problem with it is it's quite expensive. I think it's like between three and 500 pounds. If you've got that kind of money kicking around, having the LV pump is a luxury. But when you bend forward, it does leak. It's got some problems. But, you know, I can't fault the technology. It's developing technology. It's going to get better all the time. Let me see how much it costs, actually, out of interest. Oh, one of them is 228 pounds. And if you want both of them, it's like 449 pounds. Like, some people cannot, most people cannot afford that. I recommend the Spectra. It plugs into the wall. That's what I use. Fred's up. I'll be right back. All right, that's sorted. He's with his dad. The Spectra costs about five times less than the LV. It plugs into the wall, so no, you can't charge it and use it cordlessly in the car, though I think they have a cordless version, but I needed the power of the mains. I feel like I'm at the point of my breastfeeding journey now where I can go several hours between pumping, so I don't need to be doing it in cars or in places where there aren't plugs. And it is more convenient to have these teeny little ones that you can pack anywhere. And the flight to LA is 12 hours. So that's why I decided, oh, let's dig out the LVs. I haven't used them in a long time. Let's bring those to LA. But because I haven't used them in so long, I forgot this key valve that it will not work without. So halfway through the journey on the plane, I was like, oh my gosh, I went to pump. It wasn't working. I was like, Bobby, I did not build these correctly. I've missed a key part. There's Wi-Fi on the Virgin plane, so I got in touch with the Four Seasons concierge. I know that I'm living a luxurious life. I stay at the Four Seasons, and it's very expensive, but one of the benefits is they have this amazing concierge who, for a fee, will do basically anything, like make reservations for you or pop out to the shops and get something that you haven't got. Uh, One time they sent me a tailor for my Glitter Room special record, They'll just sort things for you. But I mean, they get paid to sort things for you. So I text them from the plane and I was like, hi, here's a link to this pump part that I really need from Target. I'm really sorry. I forgot it. Are you able to send out a runner and get it? And they were like, yes, we will for a $50 charge. Can you confirm that you want us to do this? And I wrote back, yes. Now, all of this communication was very slow because the Wi-Fi was not working that well, but I was committed to sending these messages so finally it sent the long flight is over my boobs are really sore bobby and i do not check bags so we're always straight out the airport in under 15 minutes it's the way to travel never ever check a bag especially now because most airlines and airports have fired 95 percent of their staff it seems like and i have waited the carousel too long for buggies for bags never again Never pack a bag. I can't, Catherine. I need my sunscreen. Uh Uh-uh. Pack travel size ones of your liquids or get it when you land. So we get to the Four Seasons. It's late at night now. And we're in town for such a short, precious amount of time. I want to order takeaway tacos with Bobby. I want to walk him around LA. I want to have drinks in the bar. I want to do fun things. So we land. We get to the hotel. And I said to the concierge, did you get my piece of my pump from Target? And the girl said, oh, let me check the messages. She goes and looks. No, this was not received until 7 p.m. And I said, but it's 8.30. 
And she said, yeah, oh, okay, sorry. Do you want me to send our runner out to do it now? And I said, how long will that take? And she said, it'll be about an hour. And I went, you know what? No. And I was deeply hurt by this because, I don't know, there's always like an emotional aspect of breastfeeding. I was in a lot of pain. This girl was young. She didn't really understand how important it was to me that I had these breast pumps. And I felt like there was a lot of pressure for me to show Bobby an incredible time in Los Angeles. I'm always talking about the Four Seasons to anyone who will listen. We didn't have the kids. You know, we're never going to not have the kids again, ever. And I just thought, oh, this will be romantic. I can't wait to show him. You know, like when there's a place you've been a bunch of times and your partner's never been. I was so excited. So on Bobby's first night in L.A., instead of relaxing, he had to get with me in an Uber and go to Target on Robertson. So we're running around in our airplane clothes in like a fucking Target. It was difficult to find. There was a a veteran who was living rough, who was chatting to us outside, trying to help direct us to the Target. It, It was just a little chaotic for what we wanted. And Bobby was really pissed off for some reason. I I mean, Bobby just logistics are his thing. So the fact that I forgot the pumps, but also the concierge was not able to get the pumps and we were out at Target at 10 p.m., he wasn't impressed. So finally, we weren't able to find that piece, but we got a brand new pump just for America that plugs into the wall. We were able to get back to the hotel, but it just wasn't a good start. We were tired. We tried to go to sleep. We were up at 2 a.m. and it just, I don't know, it ruined the whole next day. But the Friday was actually fun. Once we got out and about, we did lots of walking around. I took Bobby to shops. I showed him lots of Beverly Hills that I liked. We had a drink with my manager, Josh, in America. We did a few fun daytime things. But then again, by the evening, we're absolutely knackered. And we're chasing this, okay, we have to have fun. We have to go out in LA and do fun, fun things. Let's have fun. And I had agreed to do a gig with Jimmy Carr outside the Hollywood Palladium. I didn't really know what I was walking into. It was just, you know, one of these pop-up gigs for the Netflix is a joke festival. Let's do it. We show up. Jim Jeffries is there. That's really fun. Leslie Jones is there. I have never seen her stand up live. It was really exciting. Of course, I love Jimmy. And we did the gig. The gig was quick. The Netflix tent area, the like outside hub was really fun. They had lots going on. And it was really comedy fans at the show. So it was an outdoor show in a parking lot. Doesn't sound like the swankiest, but it was fun and it had a good festival vibe. My agent from the UK was there as well. My manager, Kitty. And she said, oh, Live Nation have got us tickets to see Pete Davidson's show. I feel like Kim K is going to be there. This was kind of a happening Netflix is doing a special with Pete Davidson and his own curated list of comedians, Pete Davidson and friends. Let's go and we'll see this show and I bet Kim K will show up. And I'm thinking to myself, Kim K has a Hulu contract with a brand new show. She is not showing up to a Netflix comedy gig. Nevertheless, it's something to do. It's fun. Jimmy said, I'm not going to go to that. I'm going to the comedy store. And I really should have followed his lead because I'm sure that the comedy store (laughs) was a fun place to be. And, you know, this Pete Davidson gig was fun, but I didn't get to listen to any of it because as soon as I arrived, they strapped an industry wristband on me and they said, all industry, you go to the balcony. And it was this outside patio bar where we could only watch the gig 
on a television. I can't tell you what a wise decision that was because industry people are the worst comedy audience. They just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. So everyone's chatting and I just have, I'm torn because I want to catch up with people and talk to them. But equally, I have this etiquette at comedy shows that you're supposed to sit and listen the comics on stage couldn't hear us because we were in this special area for people who will chat. But I was cold and I kind of wanted to watch the show and I wasn't able to do that. So Bobby and I eventually went in. We were like, we can't be out here anymore. We have to go in. We really want to watch the show. And that was maybe a mistake because a lot of the people on the show, apart from actually one young woman who was very funny, but whose name I was not able to hear over the chatter, um, everyone was kind of like a drug addict. It very much felt like a mother's basement dwelling lineup of Pete's friends. You know, the kind of guys who are just, uh, their comedy is very meandering and almost lazy. Like, yeah, man, I really feel that way. And this this next thing I'm going to tell you is a true story. I swear it's a true story. And then tells us like pointless story. I'm like, why don't you write a joke and make up a lie? I don't know. Maybe just the LA style is very different, very low energy. It's just not what I'm used to. Or maybe these people are the very talented new generation of comedy. And I just don't get it because I'm 38 and I was jet lagged and my boobs were sore from my brand new pump that I didn't want. But we watched this go on and on and on and on and on for two hours. And I said to Kitty, you know, I don't think this is going to pay off. I cannot see Kim K tolerating this. I do not think she's going to come. Pete Davidson did perhaps five to ten minutes of stand-up in the whole night. He was just bringing on these other acts. And again, I don't mean to be disparaging. It just wasn't my thing. It was like comedy for a 20-year-old girl from Minnesota. And then there was a buzz. Kitty said, I've spoken to someone. Kim K's coming. Kim K is in the building. Kim K is the special guest at the end. And again, I just couldn't see this happening. I said, Kitty, I really don't think so. Bobby, do you want to leave? Do you want to? But we just didn't know what to do. We had now invested two hours in this gig. We were on our last legs. It was maybe midnight. I hope it was midnight. It really felt like it was midnight. We were so tired, but I had to see this through now because I was with Kitty It was Bobby's first night out in L.A. Something had to happen. So we wait and we wait. And then it's finally the last act. And Pete comes out and he says, all right, I want to now introduce a special guest. This dude lived with me in my mom's basement for a while. And we just smoked a bunch of weed down there. I want to introduce the fucking opposite of Kim K. Machine Gun Kelly. No. So then Megan Fox's current boyfriend, the dude who's doing all this PDA with her on the red carpet, whose music I know nothing about. He's just a very slight, blonde, young boy with leather trousers and his tongue down Megan Fox's throat all the time. He turns up and he plays some music that I've never heard of. And the young women down by the stage start going bananas. They love it. So again, something is for everyone. It doesn't all have to be for me. But this was definitely not for me. It was the polar opposite. Kim K would have elated me. Machine Gun Kelly, like you couldn't, 
if he'd been like, and now coming to the stage, my special guest is COVID-19. Like, it would have been more exciting for me than Machine Gun Kelly. What kind of name even is that? And then the stage went black after he did two songs, if you want to call them songs. And we left. And as we left, a door opened so a car could sneak out past the stage door. And paparazzi came out of everywhere and started snapping photos of the car, lights, everything. And I could see with one of the flashbulbs in that fucking car was Kim, Kimberly Noel Kardashian herself. Kim K was in the building after all. She had come to support Pete. They were leaving together, I guess, so that they could get on a private jet and go to this Washington correspondence White House dinner. I don't know. The Met Gala. They had a lot of engagements in the following days. But Kim was there the whole time. And perhaps if I had stayed in that industry area that was too cold and too chatty, maybe that's where she was. Maybe I would have seen her. But I had to be a comedy purist, a comedy fan, and I had to take Bobby down into the theater and to the floor. But I will never forgive myself for being in a building with Kim Kardashian, but making the choice to see machine fucking gun Kelly instead. I have never felt so old in my life. Nights out in Hollywood, you take a chance. Had I gone with Jimmy, I would have been able to see Dave Chappelle and had a lovely party with other comedians. But you know what? I didn't have energy for that either. We just didn't come to LA with the energy required. So then Saturday, I did my two shows. We didn't really do anything else. We like hung out by the pool. We had some food. It was delicious. I didn't feel very well. My shows were so much fun. It's always weird to me that people in America come to see me on purpose. And I was very touched that they came. My show was at the Regent Theater in downtown Los Angeles. I couldn't believe that people came. So thank you if you came to that. I'm very touched. I always love doing stand-up. Like, sometimes I feel sick. I think because of lupus. I'm not sure. I feel a little bit shit all the time. But the adrenaline that takes over when you're doing stand-up is just the only time, really, that I feel reliably well. So I felt really good. No jet lag. But then afterwards, I was tired. We went to bed. Sunday, our last day in town, there was this big comedian's brunch. It was at a private home. In West Hollywood. It's probably the most beautiful home I've ever seen. They had caterers, they had a bar, they made delicious palomas, they had lovely champagne, they had the most incredible portaloos I had ever seen in my life. At this brunch was Tiffany Haddish, Dave Chappelle, Jeff Ross, Craig Robertson, Molly Shannon, Neil Brennan, Jerry fucking Seinfeld was at this brunch. Bill Burr. It was kind of the celebrity. Well, not so. I mean, they are celebrities, but it was like the special Hollywood thing that I wanted Bobby to see the whole time. And what was the best thing about it is it was in the middle of the morning. Not not 2 a.m., not 4 a.m., but a very civilized noon. 11 a.m., you know, croissants, a mimosa, a Bloody Mary, and a nice brunch with Jimmy Carr. Adam fucking Sandler was there. Adam Sandler. I didn't meet him. See, you never really know. You don't want to talk to these people. I'm sure they hear all the time how talented they are, how much people love them. I didn't really know the vibe in LA. And like, do they need to hear that from me? Probably not. So I chose not to 
accost anyone. I mean, I don't usually care. I just think they're as talented as a lot of comedians that I admire, and I don't need to bother their day. But um, Adam Sandler is one that I always loved. Even when I was really, really young, he's probably the first boy comedian anyway that I was like, oh, my gosh, he's the funniest. I think everyone my age loved Adam Sandler when we were teenagers. So it was really cool that Bobby could see that. And he looked super handsome. He wore this cute suit. We didn't take many pictures while we were away, but I took a picture of him at that. It was fun. And then we got back on the plane, flew home after such a short trip. And as we were boarding, I got a message from my mom that said, both the kids are quite sick. Don't worry. I've got it under control. I'll see you in 12 hours. And I was like, what? The kids are never sick. It figures we go away and the kids get violently ill. So after that brunch... After that flight, I landed in the UK, raced home, and was showered in vomit all night long by Fred. And that was very humbling, you know? And that's where I want to be. I would rather be up at 4 a.m. in my own bed being puked on by Fred than out at a party at 4 a.m. And I feel like that's okay. But my takeaway from seeing Pete Davidson and friends is that Kim K is older than I am. And she's fun, but she has four kids. And she's very professional, so I know she goes out a lot at night. But long term, I cannot see her tolerating a group of people who are like, yeah, smoked a lot of weed in my mom's basement with this dude. Coming to the stage is a dude who loves weed. I just, just, why are comedians all like this? Sure, Kim loves Pete. Pete in isolation seems like he's a lot of fun, very different to Kanye. But if you're going to build a long-term solid thing, either what, she's going to have to cut him off from all of his friends or she's going to have to hang out with guys like that? Because these are his real friends. And I'm sure they're great guys. I don't, you know, it's fine for some. Not for Kim. I cannot see Kim in a Denny's. Um, they got some weed and some Doritos. And they came and helped me put my kids to bed. And then we hung out with Courtney. Like, I just, it just seems like two worlds. Two very different worlds. I can't see it. I don't know. But I was distracted by that the whole time. Like, if this was my boyfriend, because everyone can see themselves fancying Pete Davidson. He's charming. He is funny. He's smart. He seems like a laugh. Word on the street, he is a huge dick, if that's what you're looking for. But ultimately, uh, these are his friends. I just don't, I don't see, I don't, I don't see it working. That's my expert opinion. Take it or leave it. I hate to be negative because I've come around to the idea of those two together. But am I tolerating my boyfriend's friends talking about weed all day and just being general burnouts? No, I'm not. And neither is one of the most successful, most rich and beautiful mothers on earth. So I hope they enjoy each other while it lasts. Equally, I hope you like these messages from our sponsors. And when we return, I will be opening the emails and giving you the advice you need.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ugh, tale as old as time. Catherine, I was ghosted. After an eight-month relationship that was seemingly going well, he disappeared. It's been a few months since then. In general, life is good. In some aspects, I'm happier than ever, but it's always a thought in the back of my head. I'm even having dreams about him most nights. I find this happens with anyone I have something unresolved with. I dream about them for a long time, no matter how much I just want to forget about it. It's frustrating just being left hanging like that. There was no warning, no explanation, nothing. It had felt natural with him. He never showed any signs of losing interest, besides from when he stopped replying to me, of course. If anything, he had been more interested than I was to begin with. Then gradually I felt the same. And as it was feeling like this was truly going somewhere good, like there was a future, he was gone. I know he obviously wasn't the person I thought he was. I just wish I knew why. That's all. A simple explanation, and I couldn't even get that. I tried going on a date the other day, and I ended up canceling last minute. I just kept thinking about how if I became invested in someone again, how am I supposed to know if they're just going to fall off the face of the earth one day and never speak to me again? This man might be dead. You don't know. But you need to grieve him as though... He has died because you're never going to get that explanation. And do you know what? The explanation doesn't actually matter. I always say you don't ask a question if the answer is going to be a lie or doesn't matter. And if you somehow were able to confront him, he might give you some bullshit answer to make himself look better or to make you feel better. Or he would just say something like, yeah, I just didn't want to hang out anymore. And like that answer doesn't matter. You don't need to hear from him. He does not need to hear from you how much ghosting you hurt, this and that, how you deserve to be treated better. Like, I sort of like endings like this. I love them because they're harsh. And I understand that psychologically removing themselves without a final discussion would leave you with questions and dreams. It would leave you hanging. Like, it's a, it's a terrible thing to do to someone if, you know, it just comes out of nowhere. If someone's really toxic and they're treating you badly, then I love the idea of ghosting them. But if you were just getting on fine and then he disappeared, like that, that is a really shitty thing to do. And you just need to chalk it up to he did a really shitty thing. He's probably embarrassed, or even if he isn't embarrassed, then he's a 
fucking sociopath, so you don't need to hear from him. You have your answer. You have all of the information that you need. Silence is a universal language. This was really rude, but you just need to find a way to get your own closure. Like, write a letter to him and burn it. because you're never going to hear from him again. And some people are like this. And you can't do the thing of drinking poison and wishing they would die. You know, you can't stop yourself from having healthy relationships because this one thing happened to you. This does not define you or you in relationships or how other people are going to treat you at all. This is about him. Another one bites the dust. Thank God he walked out of your life because he would have been a problem if he stayed in it. Write a letter burn it. Never think about him again. Oh, hell no. Catherine, firefighters, I've just started listening to your podcast after seeing you live. I love your stuff, but there is no such thing as a fireman anymore. There hasn't been since the 1980s. I was a female firefighter for 24 years, and it grates me every time I hear firemen, especially when they're being referred to as gorgeous and hunky, etc. That's not to say some of them aren't. I even married one, but you really need to update the language. This is in reference to the incident when a bird tried to kill us by setting fire to our house and a bunch of male firefighters came to the rescue. I said firemen because they were men. And I think, yeah, like I would use firefighters, I guess, if I was just talking about random firefighters. But the ones who came to the house were men. And if they had all been women, first of all, can you imagine the podcast if all female firefighters had come to save us that day? I would have been so excited, and I definitely would have called them firewomen. But I suppose in some circles, we don't say men or women anymore. Fire people, firefighters, fine. I get it. You're right. Uh, I was outside in Crouch End one day with Roisin. We were sitting outside the town hall, and we were just having, like, coffee and a chat. And there was a firefighter fighter man who approached us, and he had a clipboard. And he said, uh, girls, do you mind if I ask you some questions about firefighting? We we're like, no problem. Shoot. And he said, I'm doing a survey because we want to get more women involved in firefighting. Can you answer for me? Would your parents be proud of you if you were a firefighter? We said, yes. And they said, do you think firefighting is a job that would make you feel proud of yourself? I said, yes. Do you respect and look up to firefighting as a profession? I was like, yes, yes, yes. How much respect do you feel like it gets in the community? I was like, loads. And he said, would you want to be firefighters? And we both said, no. He said, why? I just said, I don't want to fight any fire. And he was so frustrated. He's like, oh, no, that's a shame because we're really trying to get more women to be firefighters. We didn't have the heart to tell him, like, we're wealthy. We're on television. We don't want to risk our lives with you and your crazy equipment and save people. We can't do it. Like, we're too lazy and we can't do it and we don't want to for a variety of reasons. We don't want to tell him any of that because no one can recognize us in the day. We look so busted. But I mean, listen, I will tell you this. I'm doing a secret project very soon about a lot of industries that are male-dominated. A little expose, if you will, a little introspection, trying to find out why this is a thing. Because you yourself say you are a female firefighter, Of course, I believe you can do that job, and I should use more inclusive language, but the fighters of fire who came to my home that day and the day that I nearly burned down the church were men. Uh Uh-oh, there's been a cock-up. Literally, 
Unplanned pregnancy. Catherine, I've just found out I'm pregnant with baby number two, and I have no idea how to tell my husband. We've been talking about having another for a while, and he's wanted to wait. When we had our now toddler during the first lockdown, he was struggling badly with mental health and has only recently gotten through the worst of a hard time. I'm so worried that telling him about this unexpected baby will cause him to spiral. I, on the other hand, am delighted at the idea of having another, so I want to make sure I don't overwhelm him with how positive I am about the situation when he might find it really difficult. Uh, I'm going to have to tell him at some point, how do I do it? When do I do it? What if he reacts badly? What? Does your husband not know how coming in someone works? He can't be that shocked. Unless you guys were using condoms and you went and fished the condom out of a bin and like squeezed it up yourself to trap him like a baby hip-hop style drake style allegedly listen i've been very tolerant of men but it's stories like this that risk pushing me back down the rabbit hole what okay so this guy was struggling with his mental health when you had your first baby in the first lockdown fine i think a lot of the world was struggling with mental health Not because of babies per se, but because of the lockdown. So the situation has changed. You're not in a lockdown anymore. That should be better for his mental health. I feel like heaping all of that on the baby is the wrong way to go. He was trapped in his home for two years. I think that might have had something to do with it. And I'm sorry, because mental health is really important. And you need both parents to be feeling well and capable when you have a baby, ideally, so that you can get the most support and both your children can get the support, especially now that you're like man on man, presumably with the second baby. But my question is, like, why are you managing all the emotional labor of this household, all the information in this household? Like, well, when do I tell him? And how do I tell him? And I don't want him to do this and that. Like, he fucked you without protection. He knew that there's a chance anyway that you could have another baby. He needs to be a capable, uh, accountable adult in this situation. It's not for you to look after your toddler and be pregnant and look after your partner's mental health and now also navigate how to reveal this information. I just can't imagine if I had to do that with Bobby. There's nothing that I don't tell him. And I understand that you love him and you want to be delicate with this information so that you don't adversely impact his well-being. Sure. But he also needs to step his pussy up because he's someone's husband and someone's father now. So guess what? You had sexy time with toddler's mummy. Now toddler's mummy is having another baby. I'm happy about it. Get on board. And if you feel sad, take a walk outside, wash your face. You know, you shouldn't have been having sex with me then. Like, I'm what? I'm tired of this. Um, If you can handle it, then you need his support and he really needs to handle it too. And you don't have to pussyfoot around him, tiptoe around him. You shouldn't be walking on eggshells in your own home. I would just say to him, listen, I know you wanted to wait to have another baby, but the universe waits for no one. Children are blessings that are thrust into our lives like you thrust your penis into me, even though you didn't want to have another baby. So here we go. I know you had a tough time with the first one, but let's think about the positives in our lives. We have a wonderful, healthy toddler. We're no longer in lockdown. This could be very triggering for you, but I think it's going to be a very different experience. And aren't we so lucky to have these children? So I understand if you need to go scream into a pillow. I'll see you in five minutes.
That's what I would do. Don't think that just because it was bad last time, it's going to be bad this time. This is wonderful, wonderful news. And you shouldn't have to manage your excitement about it either. Oh my God, Catherine, I just want to fuck. Hoping you can help. No, I cannot. I have a lot going on, so I'll keep it brief. (laughs) My husband and I have been together for 10 years, married for the last three. As we got together when we were fairly young, our sexual experiences are limited. This didn't bother me until recently. Now I have an extremely strong desire to just go out and get laid. I'm not looking for anything else. I'm just down to fuck other guys. Good luck. I brought this to my husband, who was initially very understanding, and we came to an agreement that I could occasionally go out for meaningless, no-strings-attached sex as long as it was clear to the other party that banging was the only thing on the table. However, after I started looking for hookups on Tinder, he became very upset, yeah, and admitted that he can't stand the thought of me with another man. At this point, I agreed I would no longer pursue this, but the desire has not gone away. He's the primary earner in our household and has supported me in my dream of becoming a self-employed artist. I can't help but feel overwhelming guilt around my need to sleep with other guys when my husband has given me so much. At the same time, I know my own needs are important and I'm worried that not having them met could turn into resentment and destroy our marriage. It feels like such a mess. I love my husband so much, but I can't help how I feel. What do I do? Is there any way my husband and I could come to an agreement that suits us both? I don't mean to laugh, but I'm just imagining my own marriage. No. I think you can have healthy, open relationships like Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith seem to have, but not unless both people are down for that, are freaky that way. And I don't mean freaky in a negative, slut-shaming sense. I just mean you both definitely have to be on board for this. I would flip out if Bobby was ever like, I'm going to go on Tinder and find some other girls to bang. Are you cool with that? I can't even believe your husband agreed to it for a split second. Bobby's with Fred, but let me see if he can weigh in on this. Because, I mean, I know that we're supposed to be progressive and all the rest and let people do this. But it's the reality is it's just not going to work for most people. And I just don't think you're going to get these needs met without really hurting your husband's feelings Yes, mom. Hey, Gam. Do you have Fred? BK does. Oh, do you mind? I think BK's phone's dead. Do you mind bringing your phone over to him and you can both help me answer this question? Yep. Thanks. I like that you're on the phone because I need a young person's perspective because I think I know what BK's going to say. <laughs> okay. How are you feeling? How, How am I feeling? I'm feeling all right. Okay. Uh, mom wants us to answer a question. Hi. So this woman's been with her partner for 10 years and she wants to sleep with other people. And initially he said, fine. But then she went on Tinder and he said, actually, that's not fine. But she stopped trying to sleep with other people, but she still wants to sleep with other people. So can they reach an agreement, do you think? The agreement is divorce. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's quite the ask. It doesn't look like it's on the right path. Yeah. I felt like Violet would be a lot more accepting of this because it's like, you know, polyamory is a young person's game. It's going to be tough for that guy because does he want to sleep with other people? No. So, I mean, that's it's going to be tough. Fred, what do you think? Sorry to get my opinion there. Yeah, that was Fred's opinion. <laughs> yeah, I, I think... um maybe divorce maybe you should have like a stern chat with your husband about it and then if that doesn't work out divorce a stern chat with her husband like what 
I want to see other people you don't blah, blah, blah. <laughs> How would you feel if you had a partner that was like, I want to see other people. What do you, uh, you don't. Well, then I'd be really calm and then I'd sit them down and give them divorce papers. <laughs> Stone. And kick their lousy ass out my house. Out my house. All right. Thanks for that, Cal. Out the house and steal all their money. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Love you. Well, there you go. I'm sorry my daughter said you have a lousy ass. I'm sure you have a great ass. She's real black and white on every issue. There's no gray area with that generation. I feel like you should not have told him. And I know that's not the best way to approach something like this. But if you had just gone out and banged someone, I think you would not have enjoyed it. And you would have realized that the grass is not always greener. And that's a horrible thing to say because there should not be dishonesty in a relationship. But what you have now is a relationship where your husband knows that you started a Tinder account because you want to fuck other people. And I feel like that might be a poison chalice. And now, even if you don't do it, he knows that you want to. And that might just really fuck up the whole relationship down the road. So you might as well do it now. I don't know. It's just not as good as it's cracked out to be for most people. Some people are polyamorous. You need to find a new partner who's polyamorous if this is how you want to live your life. But I think it's very difficult to make someone that way when that's not what they want. And you might not even be that way. You might do it once or twice and find that you don't like it. Gosh, I don't know. I think you might want to get professional help from like a sex therapist or someone who's used to dealing with more cool issues than I am because you know and this goes for anyone writing me like sex questions I'm not going to be able to answer them in a freaky fun way here's someone with baby mama drama Catherine I'm a longtime listener and fan I live in the USA I've finished your book this past week I especially loved the bravery it took to tell us about your sexually deviant loser ex that sent dick pics and constantly asked you for them in return we didn't ask me for dick pics in return Um, I was sure it was him who called child services. It wasn't. In any case, my fiance is 45. I'm 30. His children are 17 and 16. His ex-wife lives down the road and is his age, 45. She's now pregnant with her new husband's child, whom he has three of his own in Guatemala that he doesn't take care of. My fiancé and I have been trying to conceive for two months. I've experienced a chemical pregnancy that he does not know about because I don't see the fuss in telling him as it's not a clinical pregnancy. He made an offhand comment that her new husband will likely leave her and she'll call him in a panic and she'll end up in a financial pinch. It left me in a range of emotions. My question is this. Am I wrong to be upset about comments such as these? I mean, his kids are already thinking, functioning, people of society, not adults, but they understand that we are two separate households. Is it his responsibility to be there for his ex's emotional support or otherwise once his children are out of the house? Uh, first of all, you're never wrong to be upset because you can't help how you feel. You can only help how you act. Number one, I feel like it is wild that you did not tell him about this chemical pregnancy because he's supposed to be your fiance. And this is something that, all right, maybe it's not a clinical pregnancy. Who cares how the medical community define things? They use the word miscarriage 
like you dropped something, like you tripped and fell, you know, when pregnancy loss is a hugely emotional loss, a terrible grieving experience for a lot of people. So if they want to call it a chemical pregnancy, no, what that is, is you had a blastocyst, I guess, embryo nearly implant, but then it stopped developing that is a loss for you. That's really sad. And that was part of your fiance's baby too. And anything that makes you feel sad, do you know what I mean? If someone was rude to you at work, that's not a clinical pregnancy. If you smacked your elbow on something, that's not a clinical pregnancy, but I would still want to tell my husband and be like, oh, this shit thing happened today. It is wild for you to keep that a secret. I don't know why you're doing it. You want to spare his feelings or you want to seem tough. That is not a great way to start a marriage and you need support from him. As for his ex, obviously he's someone who likes to help people out and give support. And I don't think you're wrong for feeling upset because you've just been through a lot yourself and it's fine to feel upset about anything. But like, I don't know, to help you feel less upset, I would just remind you being 30 that he's in a more, uh, how much older? He's like 50% older than you. Um, and that's a lot. And that's fine if you want to be with a 45 year old man, but you know that I have my views on this. Now you've read my book. Uh, he is at a different place in his life and he sounds like a really nice, mature man, even though his children are grown, she is still the mother of his children. And one way to be a really good dad is to support your children's mother, because in the end that is in your children's best interest. It isn't about her being an ex. It isn't about his children still being young. It's like, if I loved someone, i.e. my kids, I'm going to be nice to their parent because it's just good for my kids no matter what age they are. You know, it's just nice. Whatever's going on with her new boyfriend and all his kids and her pregnancy, that's, you know, that could reach a point where it crosses a boundary and gets too much into your lives and then have a conversation with your fiancé. But if you're not telling him about your own chemical pregnancy, it doesn't really sound like you have the kind of in-depth conversations with your fiancé in the first place that you need to be having. If it crosses a boundary, I guess you need to decide where your boundary is and make that very clear. And if it crosses that, then have a discussion and a discussion about why. This makes me feel betrayed or it makes me feel protective of our family or it makes me feel like you're taking resources from us. Just be very clear about why it upsets you. Have a calm chat about it. But at the end of the day, you're considering having a baby with this person. You're trying for a baby. You want to have a baby with someone who treats his children's mother with respect. That's who you want to be having a baby with. Would you rather he was a complete ass to his kid's mother and slagged her off all the time That wouldn't bode well for you because I know you don't think you're ever going to get a divorce or split up, but you just never know until you know how someone's going to act when they're in that position, unless he has an ex-wife so you can see for yourself how someone acts in that position. And I think it's great that he's nice to her as long as she doesn't cross any lines or he doesn't violate any of your boundaries, but you need to be a big girl and be clear and articulate exactly what those boundaries are. Thank you very much for listening to Telling Everybody Everything. If you want to email me, you can write tellingeverybodyeverything at gmail.com. If you've not read my book, The Audacity, I'm sure it's available near you. The paperback is coming out in August with a brand new cover. Paperbacks are smaller. 
So maybe you're waiting for that. You can also listen to it as an audiobook or on your Kindle or wherever else. I'm on tour in the UK. I'm back at the Palladium May 5th, 6th, 7th. If you didn't see me in London the first time, listen, the Palladium is a hot show. It's right at Oxford Circus. You can go have dinner in Soho. Do the weekend in London if you want. I am supported brilliantly by the London Gay Men's Chorus. They open the show with incredible musical hits. It really feels like a premium, big night out. You certainly get your money's worth. It's a real West End experience. That's May 5th, 6th, and 7th. And I don't want to brag, but I think tickets might even be half off in some places now. That's how well it's selling. I am in Swansea, Torquay, Norwich. Then I'm in Ireland, which I think all the Ireland dates are sold out. I mean, I'm around. You can see me around, read me around, hear me around in a bunch of places. I'm very grateful for the privilege, and I'll see you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.